Hello and welcome to this journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Catalina Albanu, and in this episode, we hear from Kevin Delaney, editor in chief and president of Courts, who shares insights into Courts' priorities for development. In September, Courts turned five years old. Launched in 2012, aiming for a different kind of business news, the organization now reaches more than 100 million people every month across platforms, and it's expanding its output with new editions, newsletters, and three new video series. Quartz's newsletter, The Daily Brief, is now complemented by an afternoon email called Quartz Obsession, which also aims to explore new types of interactivity through email. Two new editions will launch. Quartz at Work covers management, leadership and careers with a dedicated team of journalists. Quartzy builds on the outlet's coverage of life and culture and has been developed out of the newsletter of the same name. So what's changed since the first day when Delaney walked into the office and had to sit on the floor to get a Wi-Fi signal? I remain responsible for the journalists and the designers and the developers, the engineers, so the product and editorial staff and share responsibility for the overall business with Jay Loff, who is our publisher as well. And so my role, just as we've grown, has been, has become a little bit less hands-on in terms of editing the email and editing articles. And, but, but the truth is that that's what I actually love. As Quartz has grown its staff numbers as well as released new products, several surprises have come up. I think there are two big surprises for me. One is just organizational and one is in terms of our audience. So organizational, um, among the things that surprise me are the dynamics of an organization when it uh, surpasses 150 staff. And so it turns out that organizations change, they get strange at that moment. Some people say it's because of the dynamics of a group of people of that size. There's Robin Dunbar, who's an anthropologist at Oxford, who's done research, and 150 is Dunbar's number. And the result is that you just need to communicate much more internally, and the structure of the organization needs to change a little bit because you've exceeded the size in which everyone can have a really direct uh, relationship with each other. And so you kind of assume that people, everyone knows what you're focused on, and it becomes a little bit more complicated. So that's organizationally. In terms of media, there are two things. One is that I think that the conviction that we had five years ago has played out. So we had, uh, at around that time, about 15%, 1-5% of readers to most news sites came on mobile devices. And we said, that's who we want. That's the global business readership. They're not just sitting around in front of a desktop computer most of the time. They want news on their phones. And so we actually constructed our mobile website before we constructed our desktop website. And today, about 70% of Quartz's readers come on mobile and tablet devices. And so it's hard, like, it's hard to think back and remember that there were skeptics about that strategy five years ago because it's played out. But that actually was something that was very controversial. And people said, oh, your desktop site looks weird. And we said, yeah, it does, because we designed it for mobile first and then adapted it rather than the other way around, which is how most people do it. So um, so there's that. The other thing that's been a bit surprising has been the, the viability of some classic forms of media. 
And so um, people had left podcasts for dead. Um, no one was really focused on email newsletters. Everyone assumed that television was going to die. Um, and what has been interesting to see is that those are all of the sort of some of the hottest areas of media subscription paywalled sites were, you know, kind of not anything that people believed in or were, were shaky at least in their confidence about paywalls. And so it's not super profound, but I think that the, the longevity of some traditional forms of media has been surprising, you know, I would admit to me. And I think that what has ensured the thriving now is people stopped being sentimental about the precise form in which they've been operated and actually podcasts became their own thing. It's like radio, but actually was sort of became new sort of forms of audio and the same television. I think we're seeing much more creativity and exploration and email newsletters, you know, our own email newsletters or doing things actually just even technically that you couldn't do with emails five years ago. Among Quartz's latest launches is a book called The Objects That Power the Global Economy. It takes a look at 10 objects that influence how we eat, how we spend our money and how we communicate. So why did Quartz, a digital native outlet, go down the publishing route? So the book came about because it, it was a kind of side musing of a lot of Quartz journalists, like, what would Quartz be if we were to do it in print? Because part of the, the concept or the conceit at the birth of Quartz is we, wanted, we weren't sentimental about the form of journalism. Um, and that's definitely true digitally. And we thought, well, what if we did something in print? What would it be? And what would take full advantage of the form of print of actually having an object? And so that thought experiment turned into a book. And when you look at the book, it's super visual. It takes advantage of different page and paper types. Um, and it is their foldouts. And what you can see is that it's very dense, but also in being visual and in how it's constructed is actually kind of an object in itself. So their paper is cut in different ways there's, um, there are tons of images and charts. There's this thing that I'm going to show you, which is a worksheet that explains the math behind mining Bitcoin. And as you can see, it's like graph paper, and it's a different type of paper, and it's like a math worksheet, actually, that takes you through the math steps that's page, between pages 76 and 77. There's some, also some great foldouts where you can see there's one that's all of the satellites orbiting the Earth. And so, you know, as you spend time with it, you can see that we've tried to take real advantage of the potential and the attributes of print in doing something that's so visual and so, you know, in a way, kind of tactile. As well as going back to print to experiment with Quartz's journalism in book format, the organization has been focused on enabling its journalists to work more efficiently with the use of technology. Quartz's work with artificial intelligence includes Slack bots, news briefings for Amazon Echo, and a content management system for its app. Quartz's bot studio aims to create tools for all journalists, not just for the organization's staff. On the 3rd of October, Quartz announced QuackBot, a new Slack bot created by the outlet in collaboration with Document Cloud. 
Quackbot can do a few handy tasks such as taking screenshots or pointing out cliches in your writing and can be downloaded and installed from the 5th of October. We believe that the future of journalism and media includes some conversational interface and some element of artificial intelligence. And the bot studio ultimately has that as its purview. And when I say conversational interface, it includes bots. So it includes bots, which are, you know, kind of software that you can interact with. But it also, by conversation, we mean voice as well. And so we have an Amazon Alexa skill. We give you a flash briefing. And that's the same group. And they're using elements of artificial intelligence to actually power some of this stuff. They're also, John Keefe, who leads the Bond Studio, is also the lead uh, product side on the on our iPhone app, which has a chat interface, so it is like a, a bot. Some of the funding for the Bot Studio came from the Knight Foundation, and what they funded and what we committed to was actually creating tools for newsrooms and for interacting with readers, but especially newsrooms um, that journalists could use to kind of have reporting superpowers. And as part of it, we committed to releasing those publicly, you know, once we built them. Quartz's priorities are to build on its successful products, as well as identify new opportunities to serve its audience. This currently translates into an increased focus on video content, for example. So we have this advertising-supported QZ.com. We think that that, unlike a lot of other people, we have confidence in the advertising model and think that that's a great foundation. Part of it is that we're reaching a specific group of readers. They're business decision-makers. They're international. They're younger than a lot of uh, business readership. You know, the median age is 40. They're more balanced, male-female. The latest CompScore data show 52% of our readership is female. And so that's sort of the core. And what you're seeing is that with management and lifestyle, we're investing in coverage areas that we think could grow to be as big as QuartzQZ.com is today. And so that's one big thing. We're also um, experimenting a lot with apps. We have, you know, as you probably know, we have Atlas, a charting and data platform. We have two professional researchers who work on our staff and are writing and figuring out the products that we can offer in terms of research and subscription products. We have a big video uh, or increasingly big video team that's doing increasingly ambitious video series that are documentary series. And so um, our sort of criteria is being a guide to the global economy for business people who are excited by change. So very like future, very change focused. And we're hitting that readership. And so all the things that I just described are, when we sit down and look at them, are ways in which we can serve them with videos as a sort of form of serving them. We have our apps and emails and we have these new content areas. You've been listening to a journalism.co.uk podcast.